As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's Top with Cheese. It's Philadelphia. Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it. Cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with steps and things flapping their wings on you think jack del rio's not gonna go to the bar and get a drink and then come back and, and you know run his team meeting give me a break i i can't speak what jack del rio's going to do. But, but, but but what i can tell you is marissa is that, let's let's make that the drop yeah, but uh, what i can tell you is hello everybody and welcome to a post game pod it is 12:52 east coast time that means it's 9:52 here in the other city of lights las vegas where, boy, was it an exciting game between the Eagles and the Raiders. You know, the Eagles, you want them to come out strong. You want them to finish strong. And they did that in this game. They outscored the Raiders 22-3 to in the first and fourth quarters. A dominating performance start to finish for the Eagles. Zach, you got to feel good about what they did today. Was not a dominating performance. Was Oh, they, uh, oh I'm sorry. Hold on. They uh, looks like they got outscored 30 to nothing. Uh, in the second and third quarters, I'm, I forgot. I, I forgot that part. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was the. It, I'm sorry. It was a bad loss. Uh, ugly performance by the Eagles. One that uh, really sh- showed that that they're a team in trouble right now. Because you would think mm. with extended time to prepare, extended rest, they would be in a situation where they would look much better than they did. And frankly, you saw regression on both sides. Uh, yeah, I think this was uh, the kind of loss that makes you think that maybe everything needs to get blown up top to bottom. Uh, this was about as ugly a loss as it gets, and we can get to all of that. But I, I do think that most of the people who are listening to this podcast, given how bad that game was, the thing they really want to know, and we need to give to them, Zach, is give us an update on how we stand Zach Berman at the tables. Well, I haven't spent too much time there. But the time that business I business trip, of course. Yes, but the time that I have has not been particularly fruitful. Oh no! So, uh, <laughs> I need those turkeys. Yeah. So so far it is not looking good for you. That said, I have a late flight 
on Monday, unless that flight changes or unless my work uh, mm. keeps me uh, away from any recreational activity all day long, then uh, perhaps I, I, I will venture down there before right. the uh, red eye on Monday night. We got to dream big, baby. Now, what is the, you know, I think Eagles uh, or Birds with Friends listeners, you know, know your uh, your super sarcastic strategy. But what's like, what's your system at the blackjack table? There's there's not necessarily a system, right? I play by the book. Um, okay. I'm aggressive uh, on splitting and on doubles, right? But when it's it's reasonable and that, I mean, we don't need to get into the play by play. But I think we do. I think we do. <laughs> but that's that's essentially what happened is, is I had a. I had a very favorable mm. hand, you know. I, I I split eights against the six, and then I I got mm. a three, and I doubled on on oh, on, no. the, on that eleven, and then uh, you know, and I, th- I think that one was an eight, and then the other hand on the other eight, I I got a ten, and uh, okay, so you're, you're so feeling I'm, okay. I'm feeling okay here, and uh, the 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 dealer flips a ten, so I'm like, all right, I'm in good oh, shape. Oh no! And then the dealer no. gets and a, then five, a five. And then the oh. five. And that that wipes you out. So a classic uh, Vegas story. <laughs> so no one wants to know about people's blackjack hands the same way no one wants to know about people's fantasy football teams. But because you asked, and because there are turkeys at stake. Um, what that, about like betting strategy? Are you are you are you sticking with the same wager uh, every hand? Are you mixing it up if it's getting hot. I don't mix it up if it's getting hot. No, um, you know, they, there's, I don't think there's a rhyme or reason to it. You, you kind of look at you your play chips. by feel. Okay. Yeah, you play by feel. But, uh, anyways, there was a game here. We we really need to discuss this game. Do we? We do. Okay. We do. There's because I I I really I think, think this was so bad. This game was so bad. Well, I've covered Fletcher Cox for ten years, and I've never heard him Flex. like that. Uh, I mean, you have too, or for, for most of that time. It, it, he was very pointed after the game uh, in his remarks about this defense, about the lack of aggression from this defense. Uh, I mean, you can tell that there's frustration there. I think that, you know, that's obviously a, a place to look. I still can't excuse this offense that they, they had one touchdown through three quarters. Uh, Jalen Hurts, on, on this day when... When Derek Carr completes ninety-one percent of his passes, Jalen Hurts is below sixty percent for the third consecutive game. So uh, the accuracy there is a, is a question mark. Uh, obviously, Miles Sanders was engaged early in the game; they were using him. Then goes down. He came to Vegas. Injury. He had to get engaged. <laughs> he, I mean, he he should have been eloped early in the game. He goes down with an ankle injury. We'll hmm. see what happens there. It, it sounds like no fracture, but. Doesn't sound, you know, particularly promising. We'll see what happens. And over, and I, I, I didn't think Nick Sirianni's game management was that stellar either. So if you're just looking, if you're taking stock of the Eagles through seven games, this is probably the worst Sell. you feel about the team than any point this season. I don't think there's any doubt. I don't think there's any doubt that this is the, this is the the nadir of the season so far. Uh, but let's let's split this up into uh, into offense and defense. And I, I think we should start with the defense. You mentioned Fletcher Cox, his, his pointed comments. They weren't just at Jonathan Gannon; they were also at a member of this podcast. Absolutely. I mean, we have conversations all the time. We have conversations during the week. You know, we know who we are. Um, I think for us, it's just you know sticking together, um, not letting anybody not letting anybody priors 
pride's a part in the locker room. You know, I could give a damn what the outsiders think. I know, you know, it's 63, however many guys in that locker room. Who are you? I'm Fletcher Cox. No, no, Next question. <laughs> you really got him. I thought that was like the least um, <laughs> controversial the, question. It was the very obvious follow-up question, yes. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I could have said, who is this team? But I, I think Fletcher knew yeah. what I was asking. Or, or perhaps he, he did not, or perhaps he, he he didn't like a previous question that I asked. Or perhaps yeah. he was just uh, answering it. Obviously, he is Fletcher Cox. That I can answer yeah. affirmatively. He was salty there. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was an interesting press conference um, from him. He was, you know, he has been not been shy about – his uh, thoughts on this defensive scheme. And uh, that has gone as predicted, right? But uh, it was especially more pointed tonight. And even like Rodney McLeod said some things that were along the same lines uh, about the passivity of this defense. Nick Sirianni talked about it. And it is just, I mean, the offense is is awful right now, but it is awful in a spectacular way, right? Like they are finding new ways to be embarrassing. The defense is it's so meek, it's so limp every single time, every single possession. I mean, even when they got a turnover, uh, you know, it was it was deep in the red zone and it was after they'd given up a third and 15 and Fletcher Cox is barking at the sidelines like it's it's uh, you go through their drives, the Raiders drives. It's long drive uh, interception, long drive, touchdown, long drive, touchdown. They get the turnover, they kick a field goal, long drive, short drive, touchdown long drive touchdown it's like you're sitting back in this zone they blitzed a little bit more tonight according to true media than they did uh, than they have at any point this season i think it was 28 percent of the snaps they sent at least five rushers but still it was just everything is so easy against this defense everything every week five of the last six quarterbacks they've played have had fewer than 10 incompletions it's like you, you know take it however you want it against us we don't care and it's so tough to watch. They don't have the the personnel to play this way. They don't have the yeah. offense uh, that matches this playing style, right? Because the whole point is if you've got a good offense, then you can maybe force the opposing team into trying to sort of chase the score. But that's not how this team is is built. It's just none of the pieces fit. And it's, it's like if you're going to go down, go down swinging. It's so hard to watch. Sure. So... Earlier on this season, I was defending this defense, and I was saying that I think the phrasing that I used was against really good quarterbacks, they're going to have long days, and against mediocre to bad quarterbacks, um, you yeah, know, they will turns have out their that way. It's because just Sam Darnold just stinks, well, that's all. Well, I, I think what it is, and there's there's more tape on this on this, this defense as, as well, if you're just willing to live with the underneath passes – um, they're there all day long, right? Yeah. And I shouldn't even say underneath passes. Just like if if you're not going to challenge them right. downfield, right? Everything's short to intermediate. The Eagles are just giving up. And it seems to be that, and, and we've discussed this, they've discussed this, they want to force teams to try to go on these long 10, 12 play drives and try to get a mistake or try to get off the field on third down. Well, the 95-yard drive, I, I think it was, the Raiders did not even get into a third down, right? That, that <laughs> That's only, insane. That only happens the when— The first play of the drive yeah. backed up on their four, they have like a very easy 18-yard completion. Yeah. Like, 
So I agree with you that I'm I'm souring on this defense too. I don't think Gannon has the personnel that he needs to play this way, uh, in particular in the middle of the field. Their linebackers and, and their safeties, you know, there was that play along the left sideline, you know, when the fullback in gold got out. Right. And yeah, like that's Davion, clear, Davion Taylor bites on the play. That's fake. clearly them just taking advantage of these Eagles linebackers. So the personnel doesn't match the playing style. They're not getting nearly enough from that defensive line. We've said that in games when they have the decided advantage at the line of scrimmage, they're going to be, you know, this defense is going to eat. They had no sacks and two quarterback hits today. Yeah, that's, that's bad. Now, Fletcher Cox said Derek Carr was getting rid of the ball quickly. And then other times they were getting to him. They really weren't getting to him much. And we talked about it on the Thursday pod about, up the, uh, about Derek Carr, how he can react when there's pressure in his face. Carr was very good today, but this isn't chalked up as like Carr being hot. The defense allowed him to play this way. A bad day for the Seagulls defense. Discouraging and frankly, given the personnel, like there's 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 no fix coming. At linebacker, no. Um, I asked. Gannon he did get rid of the week. ball quickly today. It was it was uh, the second quickest time to throw of any quarterback this week. That's because guys were open, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I asked Gannon earlier this this week if if he would like to settle on a top two linebacker group, and he said, yeah. If 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 he has two guys who you don't want to take off the field, the implication being they're like they don't have that right now. So they 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 started today with T.J. Edwards and Davion Taylor out there. And it's just they're mixing and matching at that spot because they don't have the personnel there. They don't have Singleton the personnel. and Taylor ended up playing the, yeah. the most snaps. Sorry, I didn't. No problem. No, they off. they don't have the problem in them. Or they they don't have um, the right players in the middle of the field at safety. It it doesn't seem so. That's that's really where this this team's weakness is. But it's but what's what's part of what's so infuriating is it's not like a talentless defense, you know. Uh, Darius right. Slay has been playing very well. Avante Maddox has been playing very well. Steven Nelson's been playing pretty well on the outside. That's they're, they're getting pretty good cornerback play from those those top three guys. You've got Javon Hargrave playing like an all pro. Uh, you've got Fletcher Cox. You've got Josh Sweat, who's being like asked to asked to play this this uh, you know sort of two gapping technique as like a de facto interior three four defensive end, like which is just a waste of his of his skill set. You cannot tell me that you are uh, trying to build a scheme around the strengths of your players, and this is what you trot out there. You've got you know Sweat playing out of position. You've got uh, the linebackers in focus as the guys who have to make plays in the middle of the field. You've got uh, you know Gennard Avery being forced to be on the field and be a, a major factor in the defense. Like I just, it, it's hard for me to believe that that's the case. You're absolutely right, and that's the most discouraging part about it. Is and I was wrong. Like I thought, I was really bullish about the defense. I was excited to see what Gannon would do. And there's like, there's they're not doing anything interesting. You're right. You're right. Now I I don't know if if Gannon's playing this way to protect his personnel, right? But it's it's clearly not working. And and I understand it's it's different philosophies. But I've heard Shield talk about this. He actually he talked about it on his on his WIP hit the other day. I'll I'll do the flex for him. That he was he was talking to uh, Harbaugh this summer about mm. you know like things that he learned from Jim Just Johnson. Just two of them, you know, <laughs> over over cocktails as they do at each other's summer house, you know. 
the the best of friends. Those two. <laughs> and the and the thing he he really learned from Johnson was to force an early result, like one way or the other. You know, uh, force a result early and. The Eagles are I so doing that. prefer that playing style. They it's like their their whole premise is try to force you to make a mistake over a 12 play drive, but that's that's clearly not happening. And right I now. get that it worked. I you know, I get that it worked with the Rams last year and uh like I I I understand the theory behind it, but I also feel like it's it's so anathema to like the good word. Uh, uh, well, we'll see if I use it correctly. The like motivation of a defensive player in the NFL, right? Like to be so aggressive, like to get to that level, don't you want to be like frothing at the mouth and and being all about attacking? And then you're just sitting back, and it's so meek, and it's like, oh, I just I just hope that they make a mistake. I you know I I hope they throw me the ball. It's so like well, the other part too, Bo is I, is I that. Hate it. If this is the way you want to play, then like bring in a defense where it's guys who are of that person. I shouldn't even say of that personality, mm. uh, who can fit that style or are younger players and don't know otherwise. Like they, the defense is a veteran group. They don't have a first or second year starter other than it's Davion Taylor now. But before Davion Taylor was in the lineup, they didn't have a first or second year starter on the defense. Most of the guys came up or were at their best during you know the Jim Schwartz era. And so it's like taking a group that played that way and changing the way they play. You've heard Fletcher Cox today say mm-hmm. like he's he's not used to not being aggressive. And uh and I think across the board it's players who it's not ex, it's not accentuating what these players do well. And I, I really thought when Gannon came in and said he doesn't have a scheme I took him at his word that like he was going to play what works for this personnel and against the opponent that they're playing. And that hasn't necessarily been the case here through seven games. No, it's been it's been really hard to watch. It's like even on like even 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 when they get like the opposing offenses to third and medium, which is like all, pretty rarely, they're still backing off. Like it's like it's so easy to convert. I don't know. It's. I mean, it is. It is not the number one problem with the organization right now. But it. it it's hard uh, not to pay attention to it when they're on the field so much, like by design, because that's how they play. I just like. It's so frustrating. It is, and and uh, I. I don't know if if Gannon's going to make a dramatic change here. I don't think that Gannon is on like the hot seat per se. I think he's. Uh, I know. In, in, in I mean, I agree, but that high. was a pretty scapegoaty uh, set of press conferences after the game. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that even was Sirianni after, was saying we game. have to be more aggressive on yes. defense. Yes. So, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what goes on with that defense. Hmm. Uh, all right, why don't we take a, a little break for uh, for ads, and then we'll come back and talk about the offense. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, back on Birds with Friends with Zach Berman, the man who uh, needs to win some money tomorrow for him. That's, that's okay. I, I, I haven't like uh, gone, you know, all out here. As I said, this is a business. It's salvageable. We're, is, we're, we're, we're within the range of uh, just a, a, a hot few hands bringing yeah, us back up into yeah, the black. I mean, this is a business trip. I, this is not like a bachelor party here. I was, I was in bed at a very reasonable hour last night. I was up way too early. I was up mm. at five thirty. And you're gonna and, be up way too early tomorrow. Yes, have a radio hit in the morning. So <laughs> <laughs> way too uh, early. But uh, I I could have gone down this morning and like and and sat there at the tables for a while, but instead I was preparing mm. for the game. This is this was very well, much a business. Of course, trip. yeah. Absolutely. Nobody doubts that, Zach. Nobody doubts your 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 uh, work credentials. Uh, but I will uh, let's go over super sorecasting. It was actually a pretty prolific week. Of turkeys. So, Zach, you had the Raiders have at least five plays of 20-plus yards, and that hits. That's a nice uh, hit on the roulette wheel. And then you were inches away from Hunter Renfro catching a touchdown pass. And I, this was in your head. You said I needed that. So I'm yes. glad that you were paying attention. Uh, just fell short. And then you had Derek Carr has more rushing yards than Miles Sanders. Also turned out to be more possible than we would have thought, but did not hit. So one for you. Uh, I have... Or had. Jalen Hurts leads the Eagles in carries. That's a bingo. That's a bullseye. One for me. Dallas Goddard either has at least 100 yards receiving or scores at least two touchdowns. Not quite. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan has at least one sack. Uh, No, did not happen. Uh, Once again, absent from the stat sheet. Ben Simmons is traded before the game is over. Uh, Did not happen, obviously. And uh, Zach ends his Vegas trip with more money in his pocket than what he came with. So I really need you to come through here, Zach, because otherwise, the bad news is... Shields got two. He had Devontae Smith has more receiving yards than Henry Ruggs. That hits. Uh, A punt is muffed. Did not hit. The Raiders blitz on more snaps than the Eagles. Now, I don't think that that's going to hit because the Eagles, as I said, blitzed uh, more often than usual tonight. And the Raiders, according to, uh, I think, next-gen stats, were in cover three on 88% of their snaps or something like that. So I don't think that one's going to hit. But he also had... For 17 turkeys, Dallas Goddard sets a season high in receiving yards. His 70 was higher than his 66. So he's got two. I need you to come through, Zach, so we can uh, stop Shield from running away with this bad boy. I will do my best. All right. That's important. Okay. Uh, Well, let's talk about this uh, terrible, no good, very bad offense. Jalen Hurts finishes 18 of 34 for 236 yards. Uh, sacked twice, two touchdowns, and 36 rushing yards on 13 carries. That is a much better stat line than he deserves in this game. Uh, He was bad. Uh, He missed a bunch of throws early to Devontae Smith. He missed a deep shot late to Quez Watkins. He had uh, a couple fumbles. And 
like I have been, I feel like I've been on the more positive side uh, of Jalen Hurts than maybe like than average. Uh, thinking that you know he's he's shown some things he's he he is still young like I've seen guys improve and I feel like this game is the one that made me decide that I'm out on Jalen Hurts and there was one play in particular that was like I'm done and it wasn't even it wasn't even like that that big of a play they were already down I think 30 to seven at this point but it was like it was second and 11 and he's scrambling. And he's he's there, like able to get a first down, and he slides three yards short of the first down when it looks like he could have been able to just sort of run over a guy or through a guy and get the first down. And he talks about it in the in the post game press conference, like you know that was a that was a, a play that I should have made. Yeah. And it's so like oh, we've seen this several times where he's he just doesn't have like the. Uh, like the understanding of what's going on in the game sometimes, like when he throws the ball away on fourth down. And for a player who has who has played so much football as he has, like been a starting quarterback, you know, at the at at the college level in big games in these big situations, and he he just misses stuff. And obviously that happens when he's going through progressions, like he misses reads. I just for for whatever reason that was like that was like the final straw for me. I'm ready to blow everything up. Well, that wasn't the final straw, but that... It, well, for me, it was. This was not a good game. I, I had the same reaction to you uh, with that run. I was kind of cautious about it because I, I don't want to be the concussion uncle here who's like, put your head down and you know ram through for the first down, but he acknowledged after the game that was a, a, a play he would like back or that's not, you know, he, he should have gone for the first there like he said he had done on previous runs. Uh, and that and and that cost them. They had to punt on, on that drive. I thought that uh, now the the mishandled snap. Nick Sirianni said that hit Jack Driscoll's hand. Uh, I had the TV copy on my computer, but I I couldn't see that on the replay. I saw was was that what happened? Uh, based on I your guess understanding, so. I guess so. S- still, like Hurt said, it, it hit him in his hands. I'm sure the, the the ball got rerouted a bit, but that that's a really bad fumble. Now you can question where they should have been in shotgun on that play. Any, uh, I mean, they were already out of the game at that yeah. point. Like, it's, but still, that's not when know, they lost. I mean, it was bad yeah. for sure, but, but that was to not me, when they lost the game. I mean, to me, it was after that first drive. You know, they the script was was working well. They moved the ball. They have some leaning, leaning on the run game. Leaning on Miles Sanders. They have some momentum after that punt. Punt. Then you had Gainwell's fumble. All right, I'm not going to include the kneel down at the, at the end of the half. Right. Then the punt. Right. So you have four empty possessions there. Take Gainwell's possess. Uh, take a Gainwell's fumble out. You have three drives that end with punts. On those drives, you well, have end of, end of the drive and a kick. <laughs> and 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 Sirianni made the point that the one they started at the four. You know they're just trying to get some yards there, but they you know what they a get, weak answer that was. By they the way. get two first downs right at, at that point. You're at the 26 yard line. Yeah, I mean get a, a, another first down right. It's not it, like that's that's the objective there. I, I thought overall that's that was the part of the game, the second and the third quarter where 
it was most discouraging for the offense. And that's where you need Hurts to make a play. He he has these, I don't even want to say garbage time stats, but those two drives in the fourth quarter when the game was already out of reach at that point. When it goes punt, fumble, punt. Oh, I'm sorry, punt, punt, fumble, punt. And then fumble when they're down in the in the red zone. Uh, that That's bad. And that's on your play caller. That's on your quarterback. And I know the defense is going to get all the heat in the city tomorrow. Uh, or I guess in Philly, it's already today. But to me, when you score seven points in the first three quarters of a game, that's an offense problem too, right? This is this team needs points. Uh, they have failed to score more than 22 points in five of seven games this year. That's it's just a bad. That's that's bad. So, uh, for lack of a better term, there they they need to be better on offense. They need to be better on defense. You can say they need to be better on special teams. Sorry. Could you say uh, that again? All aboard. They're just Sorry, could you say that again? <laughs> that was my watch. Um all aboard. They were uh there's so much to be discouraged about this morning. So much to be discouraged about. It's bad. I don't know. And it's again it's I mean it's again it's the thing about like are you really accentuating the skill sets of your players? Um given what they ask hurts to do but i felt like um i don't know i felt like maybe this game was a little bit more tilted towards me blaming hurts than uh than siriani from an offensive game plan standpoint than some of the the recent ones have been but i don't know i don't know if you disagree with that well i just don't know if this is the right marriage of coach and quarterback in that i think what nick really values and quarterback play is accuracy. And Jalen Hurts just hasn't shown to date that he's an accurate quarterback. Uh, he has a lot of really good skills. And he's, he's, he's not a bad quarterback, right? Like he's not. It, you don't watch him play and you say that, that guy should, should not be starting in this league at all. But I, the system is not, is not a, um, maximizing the quarterback. And I don't know if Hurts is the right quarterback for the way Nick wants to play. Uh, you know, and I'm glad you pointed out what was bad or what what didn't look good in Jalen's performance. It's it's when he throws, you know, behind this receiver, he misses that he, he misses that target. Nick's offense is uh, so much of it is based on getting the receiver the ball in a certain spot. Right, he really wants yards after the catch. That's that's something he's 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 talked about. If you're going to have these precise timing patterns, the quarterback has to be on time. Always on time. Gave you my all, baby. Be mine. <laughs> you with me? I don't know that song. Mm, sorry. Uh, okay. Well, at least Miles Sanders had a good first drive. He did. And we got to see Bosco. He's been gone all season. We did. Now, do you think that that Boston Scott's total carries was a reaction to Gainwell's fumble? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. I think he was going to be involved anyway. Okay. Um, once Sanders went down. So, if, if Miles misses time here. 
then I think your boy. I think you're, they're going to activate your boy, Jordan Howard. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hojo. Wouldn't be Joe Ho. <laughs> it would. Okay. But. Uh, so is is like are they going to commit to the run with Gainwell, or do they use this as more of an as more of a reason to pass the ball? Um, I mean, I don't think they're going to commit to the run with Gainwell. But I think he'll be on the field a lot. Yeah. Now, the the thing I, I will say is that if you're looking for optimism this morning, and there's not much optimism yeah. in the yeah, terms of— Yeah, I mean, of, who are you if you're doing that? In, what, terms, I mean, of the way the Eagles, in terms of the way the Eagles are, are, are playing, because as I wrote, like, there's, there's no evidence that they're going to be better. All right? It's that their schedule is so forgiving, right? The Lions are 0-7. I have them next week. They still have the Giants twice. The Giants are two and five. The Lions almost beat a good team yeah. today. They still have Washington twice. Washington's two and five. They still have the Jets. The Jets are, are what one and five, one and six. Um, I think I think one and five. They had their bye week. So now, with that said, I bet those teams are looking at their schedule and are like, "Well, we have right, the Eagles, exactly. you know, right." The Lions, the Lions <laughs> are thinking to themselves, "We finally got a winnable game." Exactly. So. I guess we'll learn more about them next week. No, we won't. Well, they I'll, stink. I'll say this. It doesn't if, matter. If they lose next week, like they are selling. I, they are absolutely selling in the day after that game. They should sell anyway. They, I mean, sure. I, forget about selling. If they lose next week, like I don't know if anyone's going to be here next year. Hmm. Don't you think that's on the table? Perhaps, I mean, I, I what guess, have you seen? What have you seen from this coaching staff that makes you that makes you think like they're the answer long term? Well, I, I I have not yet, and to be honest with you, that's one thing that that jumps out. And it's it's not just the coaching staff. Like I'll extend that to the front office. There's not a game. One hundred percent. Like when you go into these games, and I I wrote, I wrote this, so I, I guess I'm using a line from my story. They don't have the the personnel advantage. And they don't have the schematic advantage in most of these games they play, and that is concerning because uh, if if you don't have one, you at least want the other, and they have neither of them, and that that explains in part why they're two and five right now. Do you think there's this? Do you think there's a scenario in which in which uh, Jeffrey Lurie cleans cleans complete slate, and moves on from the general manager? I don't because I think that. So many of their moves were done with 2022 in mind. I don't think they were trying to maximize the 2021 season, as Jeffrey even said. And I think that's been how he's directed is is 2022. I think they wanted to well, be and more he's going to be able to point. He's going to be able to point to the Dolphins trade because yep. that has worked out exceedingly well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's not often that a guy gets to hire four head coaches. Um, and is that who you want picking three players in the top ten or top fifteen, whatever it could be? Well, that's I yeah. I mean, that's the conversation now. The Nick Sirianni hot seat conversation. I I do think it's still premature. Seven games into a coaching career, I no but, longer think it's premature. But it's they're they're not getting better, and that's the biggest concern. Yeah, I mean they you know all this talk about the mini buy. Nothing changed except for the opening drive. They ran the ball under center a little bit. 
It's bad. Yes. Everything is bad. It's really bad. And like I I understand that the Raiders are a five and two team and that and that Derek Carr is an eight year veteran quarterback. But the if you're going to be a good team, you need to be competitive against a team like the Raiders. Right? Like you you can't be just out outplayed, out coached, overmatched. Outgunned. You can't be that. Yeah, you you can't be that against a, a, a team Outnumbered, like the Raiders. Outplanned. And that's not that's not disres- that's not disrespectful to the Raiders. It's it's just like these are the types of teams you need to be in the games against. Lurie's gonna need a right hand man. Sorry, these are these are over your head. <laughs> What's the reference? Uh, do you remember um, what was the last name of that that defensive tackle? Uh, who played for the Eagles during the 2017 season, uh, and was on the? I think he was on the Cowboys after that. First name Justin. 2017 season, a guy named jo- what? Justin Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton, that's it. Oh, that's okay, it. gotcha. Okay, yes, I, I do remember Justin Hamilton. Uh, okay, uh, why don't we take one more break? So we can hear from our sponsors before uh, I don't even know what we're going to finish talking about. So stay tuned for that. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. All right, back on Birds with Friends to uh, close this bad boy out. A few things that, that we should touch on, Zach. Um, you know, we, we talked about, like, the, you know, the frustration. Um, and it's not just, like, it, it's not just in the post-game press conference. Like, it was boiling up on the field a little bit, too. I mean, the, the first offensive drive for the Raiders Sirianni has that decision to accept the penalty or uh, push the push the Raiders back. It was either going to be fourth and three around midfield or third and fifteen, and he said after the game that it was like for them that would be an easy go fourth and three from midfield. So he chose to uh, accept the penalty, push the Raiders back, and then the Raiders pick up that third and fifteen. Now he didn't realize when he made that decision that the Raiders were sending their punt team on. So it turned out to be the wrong decision because of that. But otherwise, I think it was the right decision. Still, the the Raiders complete that that third and 15 down the field. And afterwards, Fletcher Cox is like barking at the sidelines. And he said afterwards that, you know, he wasn't like upset at anybody, but he didn't like the defensive play call on that on that play. That's what he was angry about. Um, you also saw, you know, Jason Kelsey in the second half when his helmet got ripped off. He gets an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. He sort of stands over. I forget who that was. Uh, you know, he's showing his frustration. And you have to think, like, guys like Kelsey and Cox, you know, they went through the hell of last year, you know, hoping that this was going to – they were going mm-hmm. gonna to be here to, to start to turn things around. And to now be here at 2-5, and five, looking like you're going to be in another lost season, it's got to be, like uh, – it's got to be just maddening for those guys because they know that this is like this is the end for them, you know, or at least towards the towards the end. 
and for it to be wasted on another lost season is 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 just tough. I agree, and particularly in in Kelsey's case, because I, I think a big part of why he came back, or I shouldn't say a a big part, but part of why he came back is he didn't want his career to end the right. way last season went. Well, there was and, that and, thing that, that Ertz said in his his press conference that it felt like he was talking about Kelsey when he said he asked yeah. he asked somebody why did you come back and he said and they said I didn't want la- I didn't want it to end like it did last year. Yes, and it's hard to imagine who that would be if it wasn't Kelsey. Mm-hmm. But now I I believe part of it, and Jason's talked about this is like not just how bad last season was, but all that surrounded it, right? You weren't, you didn't really feel like you were a part of a team, mm-hmm. right? But still, it's 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 the losing, like losing wears on these players, and there's there's something I've 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 long felt here. I, sh- I shouldn't say long felt. I'm only 35 years old. Ooh, right? I like this. There's there's something that I felt is like, you know, there's I, I hear this expression sometimes that like players are the last to know, but. To me, it's like I always feel like players are the first to know when 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 something's going wrong in that building. Like like they know when it's not going to work out. You know, yeah. you sometimes and that runs counter to this idea that like players always believe and players always think they're going to win the next game, and players say that. And there is, I suppose, that like you know the. The any given, you know, the, the let's just focus on the, on the, on that next week's game. But I always feel that that inside a locker room, like they know if a team's going to be good or they know if a team's not. And you think so? I do. Do you disagree? No, I, I actually mostly agree. I think I think the like uh, big picture whether a team's going to be yeah. good or not. I think they can fool themselves about that, especially at the start of a season. Yes, the start um, of a season. Yeah, but like, I'm saying as know, you, season's going. Yeah, and I think that. You know, it also sort of robs the players of their own agency to to make it about the coaches because, like, you know, they're they're going to still like they're professionals. They're going to go out there and try to win, you know, most of the time anyway. Um, but I think you're right. Like they can they can smell uh, and sniff out when when their coaches are not going to be good. Or I mean, this is the same thing that with Chip that we yeah. that we've talked about. Like, you know, I think they, they can smell a fraud. Well, it, well, I, I wouldn't necessarily say a fraud. Like the 2012 Eagles, uh, I felt the same way about that team. Like they, they felt, they felt it going south, right? Like, like they, they knew what was going on in there. And uh, 2015 felt that way. I wasn't in the locker room last year. We weren't in the in the locker room last year. Mm-hmm. But, but my strong sense is, you know, based on some of the reporting we've done, yeah. like. You know, uh, people knew that something was was wrong in the building last year. Um, I don't know yet if if that's the case this year, and it is an it is a new staff. And I I'll say I'll I'll say candidly, like I I like some of the people on the staff that we've gotten to know. Like I, I think they're, me too. They're they're good, well intentioned people, but just rep- just evaluating it objectively, they're not doing a good job coaching and leading this football team. And I don't, and, and I don't think that they have been given a lot to work with. Yes, I agree. Uh, I think that is the bigger problem. But you know, it's hard. It's hard to think that um, you know when Fletcher Cox is out there, you know, basically calling out the defensive scheme. Um, it's hard to believe that everybody's in lockstep. Well, and I I don't want to be hypocritical in that when I during the coaching search I said it would be a mistake. 
to hire a coach for Jalen Hurts, right? Like, you don't know if Jalen Hurts is your guy. I said, too, it would, be, it would be a mistake to hire a defensive coordinator based on, like, the personnel you have on defense, whether it's Darius Slay, whether it's, it's Fletcher Cox. They sure. were a 4-12 and team. You don't build a coaching staff to try to maximize a team that went 4-12. and Sure. But that said, you hand, like, you hand the coaches the roster and you say, these are the guys you have. What are you going to do to make it work? Right, so you don't hire Nick Sirianni to coach Jalen Hurts, but Phil Rivers is not your quarterback. Right. You hire him. someone who can make the most of what they've been given. Exactly, exactly, and the same thing with Gannon. Right, you, you know, you you don't have Darius Leonard at, at linebacker, um, or you know, pick uh, pick your Anthony Barr or or whichever. Anthony Walker would be an improvement. <laughs> uh, so my point is, is is that I don't feel like the way they're coaching is to maximize the talent that they have on the roster. And if it if that is what they're trying to do, then that is even more concerning. To be well, and it's, I mean, it, it, we've talked about it. It's like, if you want to judge them on the things that they say they should be judged on, you know, Steichen says the most important thing they care about for a quarterback is completion percentage. Okay, well, his completion percentage sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, Sirianni says that it's all about uh, mastering the things that require no talent. Well, guess what? Like, nobody in the league makes more mistakes, unforced errors, than the Eagles do. So if we're judging them on what they say they want to be – and, you know, uh, even preventing big plays tonight was not great for the defense, uh, even though – I mean, I guess some of those were, like, underneath and then got to 20 yards. But still, like, they're not stopping anybody in the red zone. So they're not not doing anything that they're trying to do, even even if those things are misguided. So, like, it's it's hard to – it's hard to – think that they're doing anything but um, having a feeling great at the moment. Yeah, and, you know, Nick Sirianni talks about situational football. The third down numbers, those are even skewed by the fourth quarter. At halftime, they were one of four on third downs. Okay, that's that just kills you. <laughs> like, that kills you. So You were the third uh, down I, king. I do love that about yeah. you. Uh, but that's, like, third downs and, and red zone. And, and Nick talked about it tonight when – you know, he was talking about things they can hang their hat on, or he he wants them to hang their hat on. Uh, they they had a, another botched red zone visit tonight. Now they've they've been pretty good overall. What do you hang your hat on, Zach? What do I hang my hat on as yeah. like as a reporter, as a person? As I don't you know. know. What, what do you hang your hat on? I think you you, you do the no, you do the right thing all the time. You 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 treat people the right way. And uh, I'm trying to be a little more literal, but okay, okay. this is good. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant like, like, what are your like core values? The way Nick Sirianni says, but yeah, I think we know your core values. Yeah, you do the right thing. You treat people the right way. I feel like this whole thing would be turned around if only the five core values were grammatically consistent. <laughs> I feel like it's just a, a simple tweak. You know, make it competition instead of compete. Make it connection instead of connect. And then all of a sudden you're cooking with gas. You well got said. the same parts of speech. Well We're said. rolling. You should, you should recommend that to him. Maybe I will. Um, oh, the uh, the onside kick, the surprise onside kick. Um, I, I didn't mind this call uh, because, like, uh, one of the frustrating things about this team is that they, they don't do things to try to, like, negate their talent differential. So I thought it was fine, especially given how badly the defense was playing in the first half to to come out with that. And it was like 
uh, like the ball bounces a little bit differently, and it's gonna and it's gonna be uh, recovered, I think, by by Elliott. They got an unfortunate big bounce. Um, I thought it was fine. Um, I you know I feel like this is totally guesswork and anecdotal. I feel like you've got a better chance of converting the surprise if it's not right out of the half right out of halftime when like. Uh, you know, there's a chance that they could say like, I'm gonna be, be be careful for this." Um, I feel like if it's in the flow of the game, you got a, a slightly better chance. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if the numbers back that up. Yeah. So clearly, uh, Michael Clay saw something. That's that's what they said after the game. Uh, but this is how you know I've I've been boified or birds with friendsified mm. when it happened. Uh, one of my first reactions, like other than the implications on the game was that was almost a huge opportunity for Shield because in, yes. in his, what's it, the Crystal Bald Eagle? Yes. Uh, he had, like, there's there's an eight-point. The Eagles successfully execute a surprise onside kick, and that, yes. that, that, would have, that would have been the case. That would have been a big one. It would have got him within, uh, within one of me, I believe. Um, and, of course, I, I may, do you think I got the direct hit for this game because Sua Opeta was a surprise and active? Do I think you got the direct hit? No, I don't. Yes, for there being a surprise yes. inactive <laughs> okay. on the Eagles game in Las no. Vegas. No, that was not a surprise inactive. No, okay, that's too bad. By the um, way, I, I thought the like the, the the dagger in the game was after that run that that Renfro play, which people said that he that Sirianni should have challenged. Um, the Raiders keep their offense on the field, fourth and goal at the one, and they run. It looked like a pick play, right? So the play that the Eagles, <laughs> oh, yeah. Eagles play that the Eagles can't execute. I didn't even think about that. Downs. Yeah. Um, like I, I thought Derek Carr it would have been very funny if it got called back. For, <laughs> but yeah, I thought Carr was just going to sneak it. They pass it and it works, and uh, touchdown. So yeah, and that was the dagger right there. Yeah. What'd you think of uh, What'd you think of the stadium? Liked it. I, you know, I I thought it could have had a little I liked more character. I thought it could have had a little more character to it, right? Like I. Well, I, I like the character from the outside. Like the all yeah. black is kind of cool. I I would have liked, you know, and it might have just been the angle we had in the in in the press box. But you have, you know, behind the end zone there, you have the skyline, right? I would like a little more. You'd like to see yeah. a little more of the skyline, yeah. A little more of that, you know. You you have Mandalay Bay. You have the is it the Delano? You have the Luxor. You have you know you have that all right there in the background, and yeah, I I would like a little more of that. The eternal flame uh, is covering. Yeah, that's a little silly. Is, is covering the skyline. I would have put the eternal flame on the other side. Okay. Uh, and then showed, I like that. And then show the skyline a little more. Yes. I think the 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 whole atmosphere like it's it is very uh, Vegasified. Like it's such a. You know, it's such a such an event. They've got like a live band, and uh, you know all the these like in house entertainers. Uh, you know, Guy Fieri was there. Titus O'Neil was there. CC Sabathia made an appearance. I think there's something that's like honest about um, making the an NFL game like sort of a, a farcical entertainment uh, product that I think that I think fits uh, as opposed to like pretending it's this uh, very serious thing. I think it's so great that there's a football team here. Uh, it's so great that there's professional sports here. It's it's a it's a great place to come. I wish there were more flights. Uh-oh. Um, what Keep Zach? Just we're, we do, we are not getting into mistress talk tonight. <laughs> 
<laughs> I I just thought that overall, it's it's like it, it feels like an event when you're here, and so yeah, I think that's right. It fits like the the yeah. you're right. The NFL belongs in this this yeah. uh, this place of uh, eternal. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, pro Pomp. sports in general. It, um, it's like it's it's just ridiculous. Tackiness, yeah. No, it's it's just ridiculous that for all these years they didn't have pro sports here because there was gambling here, right? Like, right. Uh, it's it's a great place for it's a great place for a sporting event. I from from what I understand, the Golden and I, Knights. I think I like Raiders fans, good fans. Yeah, but like from what I understand, the Golden Knights um, crowd is awesome, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like all these, it's it's such a destination for for visiting teams. Uh, yeah, there should be Final Fours here, and there should be. This is this is like this. This is a place to come for a, for e- events. So I like that there's an NFL team here. I, I wish we were here more you than see once you again every eight years. years. Yeah. yeah, hopefully there are more flights then. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, okay, I guess that's about all we got. And you How know, was from your one weekend? from one from one destination to another in uh, Detroit next week. That's true. Uh, 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 how's your Vegas weekend? Uh, you know what stinks? It's like uh, I can get to that in a sec. Uh, you know this. This is. I mean, this is going to be uh, a very first world problem. Of you know, I'm, I'm not complaining about the job, but like, you know, a two and five football team against an an zero and seven football team, and uh, for that you got to miss uh, you know Halloween with the kids. It's no fun. Yeah, I I understand. I hear you. I hear you. I have, I have uh, a little funny story on, on my account. Um, okay. So there is an e, an EDM festival. Okay. <laughs> I don't know yeah, what EDM is. Not to be is. confused <laughs> with the QAnon festival that's also here. Uh, I I I wasn't familiar with EDM. Um, I I mean I I suppose. What about EDP? Of, what's EDP? Never mind. Okay. <laughs> I struck up conversation with a group in the elevator, and you would have that thought that doesn't surprise me at all. And you would have thought that like we speak different languages, right? Like uh, I'm 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 here, right. I'm here for a football game, okay? Business trip, yes, exactly. And like they're they're coming home from this thing when I am I'm going down and, and getting uh, you know practice right. in the morning, and it's just uh, it's just like. Two di- two totally different worlds that we live in. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, but it, apparently, I, I, I imagine there are going to be listeners who are who are shaking their head that like I I should I should know this. Apparently, it's like the biggest festival going on, and some fun outfits around. Yeah, credit to these people; they go all out. So, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I had a good. I, I wasn't here for very long. I, I got in at about five o'clock last night. Um, uh, tried to go to the uh, the Neon Museum with a uh, friend of the pod, Dan McQuaid, and uh, another friend of ours, Justin, and um, was closed. Or we, we, there, there were uh, you needed reservations. We weren't able to go, so we ended up just sort of walking around the downtown for a little bit. Good people watching. Got to see a uh, uh, a guy like a lead singer with a uh, meat cleaver on his head, and then uh, like Beetlejuice playing the guitar. Um, a very specific level of musician, musician, musicianship that it would require to uh, 
to be playing those in those outfits. So yeah, it was it was cool. Good. Got to bed early. Good. Good. Uh, all right. What's going on this week, Zach? Well, big week, Eagles Lions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the press conference ended today. Press conference ended with Jalen Hurts saying how they have this big game against Detroit next week, and uh, you know, play that on all on all the promos this week, right? Yeah, I mean, this is—I don't want to say it's the Eagles' season, but if you have any hope that this thing is salvaged, like you need to, you need to put it to Detroit. Uh, Detroit, which has um, who should they, we cover if the Eagles lose this game? Like, what should what should Birds with Friends do for the rest of the season? Well, well, I mean, there's a lot to we'll we'll still provide comprehensive coverage of the Eagles. We'll probably look ahead to the draft, look at you know a, a staying or going, uh, look at the progress of young players. Right, there are guys who no matter yeah. What why don't we do? Let's make this uh, let's make this pledge. If the Eagles lose this game, let's make sure we get Brugler on Birds with Friends the next week. Let's just let's just turn okay. the page right away. All right, but I mean, we'll we'll still provide the type of coverage that will make people proud to be subscribers. Sure. I mean, we're professionals. I'm just I'm just saying. I feel like Eagles fans might not want to listen to. Maybe they maybe maybe they can give us suggestions on, on it, yeah, what we should cover. It's a, it's incumbent upon us to give them a reason to listen, right? The performance of the team can't be an excuse for our production. That's right. Excuses breed mediocrity. I agree with that as well. The lamp is never full. All right. Uh, well, that'll do it. Let me get let you get some sleep, Zach, because you've got an important radio hit, and I've got a uh, an early flight. So Marissa's got work to do. Okay. Uh, thanks for listening to the post-game pod. The Eagles uh, stink. They lost 33-22, and it wasn't even nearly that close. And they followed 2-5. and five. So, for Sheil asleep in his bed, for Zach and Marissa, I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on Tuesday at 8 o'clock. And as always, we love you.